0: it's a word. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. It's so powerful, so mighty. And we pray for your messenger as she brings your word to us. We thank you, Lord, for her willingness and for our ability to hear. We give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Come hungry. (laughs) Why don't you high five someone and tell them you're glad they're here? I believe that God is going to do something really powerful in the midst of this moment. So to really like open your heart to whatever he wants to do and just say, you can just even say, God, I want whatever you have for me in this moment, I want it. Because we don't want to stay the same, right? We want to come and we want to be changed by his word. And so I just, I'm going to just pray one more time because I just Want to. <laughs> I like talking to Jesus. God, we just thank you for this moment. And I just ask that you would have your way. That your word is so powerful and so alive in us that it shifts the atmosphere. And we just thank you, God, for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to take you all the way to where God called Abraham in Genesis. Genesis 12. If you want to open your Bible, we're going to kind of, like, filter through that space. Um, Genesis 12, verse 1. This is the first encounter Abraham had, and the Lord said to Abraham, go. Don't you like that? There wasn't a lot of clarity in that, but just to go. And I just love that. He just told him to go, and what did Abraham do? He went. He listened. He obeyed. He went. So then it like their lives went on and things started happening in their lives and then God came to him again in Genesis 15. So if you want to page a couple pages over to Genesis 15:1 and I'm going to read it out of the New King James version. It says the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. It says fear not, Abram, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. And I think sometimes we come into these passages and the great wealth of knowledge you have of the word, you have this fullness of of even Jesus. And at that moment, Abraham didn't have Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, all the way through. He didn't have that. This was an encounter with God and God revealed himself to Abram. And he says, fear not. Isn't that amazing? He's like, just chill out, don't be afraid, I'm your shield. So wherever you're going to go, I'm right with you. And I'm your reward. And it was a promise that God made to Abraham. And then it it kept going in verses five and six. And he came to him again, the word of the Lord came to him again. And in this moment, Abraham might've been in his tent. I don't know where he was exactly, but he was inside and not outside right? Because it says he brought him outside. And he said, look up towards the heaven. Everybody look up. Envision the stars, number the stars, if you're able to number them. He asked him to do something that it was impossible for him to do. And he says to him, and so so shall your offspring be. So he spoke something that was clearly out of his uh, ability. He took him outside of his own comfort zone. How many of you guys like your comfort zone? I do. He took, him, he took him outside of his box of what he thinks and what he thinks it could look like and what it could be packaged like. How many of you guys want to package God into a box? Just me? Okay, cool. Um, he took him outside of his ability. He took him and asked him to do something that he couldn't even do himself. He took him outside of his own wants and desires. I know that he desired to have offspring because he's like, look, I haven't had any children right before this. And he's like, well, maybe it's my servant that you're gonna do this through. And God's like, "Uh, no, it's you. And he took him outside of himself because it was only through God that this was gonna happen. And sometimes when God is speaking a word over our lives, we have to allow ourselves to fully believe what he says. Fully grab a hold of it. How I many of has the Lord ever spoke a word over you? Raise your hand. Like, move a little. <sighs> what is that promise that God has spoken to you? What has he prophesied over you that you haven't seen yet? That actually takes you out of your comfort zone? outside of your box, outside of your ability, when he takes you outside of that. And sometimes even the promises within the word of God, I'm gonna, I, I wanna just jump and jump back. There's over 7,000 promises in the word of God that were as God spoke it to mankind. How many of those do you live in? Fully. All 7,000? Three? Five? The fullness of what God has given us like the full picture of what He's spoken over you in this, seven thousand. Have you even read all seven thousand? Do you know them by heart? Are they in your heart? Are you they beating through and in you and out of you? Like like their life. The coolest thing is in in a moment later. So God's talking to Abraham. He just said, look up to the sky. And then they went on a little ways. And in verse 13, and then the Lord said to Abram, know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and they will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years but I'll bring judgment on that nation and and that they serve. And afterwards they'll come out with great possessions. And I just think about this. Abraham in the moment God spoke that did not even have a wife pregnant. He's already told them that he would have a son that like, and that there would be stars of people like that many. And then he's going to say, well, why don't you know for certain that this is what's going to happen to them? And I, I was like, he didn't even possess the promise yet. And God's already talking about the promise. And I feel like God wants to take you from that moment where he said all of these promises and then he wants to talk to you about them. That you might know for certain. Sometimes we come to the word and we're like, well, hmm, maybe we just heard two messages that we will not lack. Do you have lack in your life? Do you know for certain that you should not have any lack? Because that's what the word of God says. So then when he talks to you and says, well, I'm the God that will meet all of your needs according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. When he says that to you, then do you start saying, okay, God, well, what does that look like? And how can I give? And, and what companies do you want me to go after? And this and that, because I don't have any lack because of you saying that. So now what can we do? And that's what God was saying to Abraham in that moment. He's saying, I'm going to tell you you're going to have kids. You don't even have a pregnant wife yet. But now we know for certain that this is what's going to happen 400 years from now. He's speaking of the generations to come. And we get so caught up in just trying to believe this. And God's like, hey, I want to take you to a new level and a new season where you fully believe. And you know for certain that I've already handled that. So now we can move on to this. And he wants to start doing kingdom work in our lives. He wants you to be so banked into what the word of God says that he can start using you into the nations, into the kingdom. And and applying that word in your life, in your family, in your parenting, in all the areas that your life encompasses. Beyond you. Because he's not a God that's just about you. He's about the generations that are coming forth. That you might be able to apply what he says so much in your life that you breathe it and live it, that it actually goes into the next generations. And we have to start letting the word of God become so in, in us that there isn't anything that would make us waver from the truth. And we waver a lot. You ever hit a moment and you're like, I'm so afraid. And God's like, don't fear. You ever feel a moment where you're like, I'm so alone. No one, no one understands. I'm so alone. And he's like, God, I never leave you and I never forsake you. So you're never alone. Like that's banking into that saying, okay, even if I feel this way, it's not truth because God said he's right here. He's my ever present help in time of trouble. Like that's the banking in. Like you have to have this concrete decision that what God says is a hundred percent true. And I feel like we have to do that in today's world. I want God to say, I'm going to meet all of your needs and I'm going to start talking to God and saying, well, what could I do to impact Walrath County? With all the things that you're going to pour into my lap, how are we going to go forward in this? Those are the kinds of things I want him to start talking to me about. Like, okay, we can do this together. We can move forward. And so when he talked to them, you have to know for sure. You have to be so certain of it. Because when God promised it, he acted like it already existed. Do you take the promise and say, this already exists because he said it? Jonathan, what God spoke over you this morning, that already exists. Because that's already what God has said. He's called you to come towards him. He's calling you, and he's not going to change his mind. And sometimes we get into that wavering of maybe, oh, I did this, and maybe God changed his mind because of me. God doesn't change his mind. He has an immutable character that stands secure and grounded in the word, and he's not going to relent. And we have to start saying, okay, God, when you speak, I just say, okay, that's true. So when he says, God, He says, Becca, I called you to write. I'm a writer. And I start adapting my mind to thinking like a writer. And that I can write, even though I don't think I can. I can write because he says I can. And we start adapting our conversations we have with ourselves. And we start thinking like he thinks towards us. And that's in all the 7,000. So you could have a conversation every minute of every day for a long time of all the promises. Even define them. Even to seek out, well, what is God saying about this situation? What is his promise tied to this problem I have? Because he has an answer, right? Something has to shift in us. And whatever is in our past, and whatever is presently right now, and whatever you've experienced, and whatever you want to call life to be, and if he says something different than that, we have to bank into that as truth. We have to know for certain who God is. We sing a song that says he's our promise keeper. And when he made a promise to Abraham, he never relented off of that promise. It actually says In Jeremiah 33, 20 through 21, it says, Thus saith the Lord, If you can break my covenant with the day, and my covenant with the night, so that the day and the night will not come at their appointed time, then also my covenant with David, my servant, may be broken. That's how sound it is. Can any of you change the sun and the moon? Any of you? Have you tried? Anybody try? I mean, the, the reality of it, you just don't even think about it, right? It just comes up and you're like, yeah, it's pretty. And it goes down. You're like, oh, it's so wonderful. And you're like, oh, we get to go to bed and it comes up and it goes down. And from Abraham until this generation, has the sun done anything different? Has it? You can't break it. That means what God is saying over your life and what he's spoken over you, Daryl, is concrete. Just like if you look out at the sun, he's saying, look, guys, the sun came up. That's how solid I am. Look, guys, the sun went down, and I, it's that solid. I'm going to do it. It went up again. Oh, it's a, it's a concrete decision. I'm not going to change my mind. And we have to see those things in our natural as saying, well, we believe that in the natural, but when you come to the word of God, do you say it like that? Do you think about it like that? Oh, he's not going to change his mind. When he said, I am the God that healeth thee, oh, he's not going to change his mind because of what I do. Because he doesn't change his mind to have the sun come up and down because of what I do, right? It's the same promise. It's in the same lines. It's in the same book. So, what has God spoken that you keep resisting over your life? Over you? Why won't you believe him? What's holding you back from taking hold and saying, That's my promise? And I'm grabbing a hold of it and I'm taking a hold of this and I'm not letting go of this because he who is faithful has promised us and he's not ever going to be unfaithful to that. Even in the fulfillment of the promise, 400 years went by and Moses came on the scene and he he gave the law and the law came and it actually says in Galatians 3.21, you can turn there. If you really want to read about the promise and the law in Galatians, it's really beautiful. The whole book of Galatians, take it on this week and read it. It says, For before faith came, where you all live, in faith and believing of Jesus, before that we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, that's right now, you're no longer under that guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you were all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. Say, put on Christ. And now I'm neither Jew or, or Greek, I'm neither slave or free, I'm neither male or female. We are all one in Christ. We are all Christ. He's in us. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, an heir according to that promise. So when you go back to that promise where he wanted us to live in the promise, but he sent the law to guard us as a guardian for a moment in time until Jesus came. See, he wanted those people to come out of Egypt. They received the law and he wanted to take them into the promised land. He wanted to lead them into the place where he originally wanted them to go. Because if you read through that passage back in Genesis, it says that you're going to, your people are going to possess all these lands. He wanted them to come into that possession And in the midst of it, in the midst of the law, in the midst of everything, he kept giving them more. He gave them manna and he gave them water and he took care of them because that's the God you serve. And then Jesus came on the scene. Isn't it wonderful? We don't have to live bound to the law. Because y'all, we can't do it, right? How you guys mess up? The law says this, and you're like, ah, I messed up again. And, again. and again. And again. And again, and again, and again, and we mess up again, and again, and again. But when Jesus came, he made a mediator. He was a mediator of the new covenant. In Hebrews twelve twenty four, it says that to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. And then in Hebrews 8, 6, it says, but it is... Christ. And he has obtained the ministry that's much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better. And since it's enacted, it's better promises. So with Abraham, he created the promise that he didn't want to let go of. And he let the law sustain the people. And then he sent Jesus with better promises. And you live in the land of better promises. Full of better promises. You have to grab a hold of them. It's part of what you have to do. So how many promises do you, you possess? How many do you take hold of? How many times do you read and say, oh, that's mine? We have to be like children, like great faith, just to say, oh, that, I'm going to take that. If I had candy on the table, they'd be like, "I'll take that and that and this and that, and I'll take it all in pocket." Have you ever been at a parade and the candy's flying and they're just scooping them up like, "Ooh!" And they don't care who's around. That the thing is, is we as adults, like, oh, we'll just take one. <sighs> Do you understand that if I take all the promises, you can have them all too? And we want to kind of be like, well, I'll let them be healed and I'll just deal. He did it for everyone and all of us, all at the same time. I'm not giving my salvation up for you. You wouldn't give it up for me, right? I'm not going to give my healing up for you because he did it enough for both of us. And when he can give to me, he can give to you. And when he can not fail you, he won't fail me. All of them are equal. We can take hold of all of them. And sometimes we literally act like, oh, I'll just, I'll just go without. God's like it all, and I have more than enough. I think sometimes we just think, oh, hopefully, He drips on me. Why? Why do we say that? Why do we allow that to be the case? When He said, "I can pour out a blessing; you don't got no room to contain," right? What is the blessing? What is it in your life? Wisdom? I mean, you need wisdom. There's ample supply of wisdom. How about knowledge? You need that? I need it. I'm going to take hold of that promise. See, this is kind of what happens, though. And I am 100 percent guilty of it. You can just stand right there. This is Jesus. He came to set you free. He's the word. Face me this way, like right here. Yeah. And we have the Word in our lives, and we have a representation of who Christ is through the Word. And for some reason, we get real caught up in our past. And so we, we look back and we're looking in our past and we're seeing how good it used to be. Or what it used to be like. Oh man, those day, oh, good old days. We have statements like that. We have shirts made like that. Those good old days. The past. really sometimes really hinders us from seeing the truth because you're looking back and we get so caught up in looking back that we don't ever move towards the truth because we're just like, oh, our past or this. And then sometimes we get stuck in the moment of fear. Oh, I don't know. God said to do this and I just don't even know how it is. And we just let fear just stop us. 365 promises of do not fear are in the Bible. Don't fear. And we allow fear to rob us of the truth. Like more and more and more and more. And your insecurities. See, for me... On a Sunday morning, I was sitting in the worship, and God's been speaking to me. And I know I've shared this before about uh, leading worship. And there's been a lot of people in my past that have said a lot of things that have totally like if I look in my past, I would say yeah, and I'm totally afraid of it, of leading, of of doing that. But my insecurities in it have become an idol. And that idol's pretty stern and very firm in my life. And I actually had to repent of the idol of insecurity. There's places in your life that actually are louder than the voice of the Lord. What is it that you could write, that you could reflect, and you could say, oh, that's louder than Jesus? When Jesus says, I'll meet all your needs, and you're like, I have nothing. I can't do anything good. I'm, I'm just so bad at everything. Like, and all of that self-talk, is it louder than his voice? When he's saying, "You," I called you to worship, and you're like, I can't sing. So now that became an idol in my life, or shame. What I did before, oh, God couldn't use me. Have you read the Bible? You know how many people he's used through all of their problems, and he keeps, he kept doing it. I mean, even his disciples, they were a mess. John, I mean, Peter, three years just serving God, living for God, and all these things. And as soon as it hit the wall, all these insecurities arose. And I don't know him, I'm afraid. Uh, and God called him Peter. The rock on which I'll build my church. He already spoke something to existence. Even though he knew all of his insecurities. God knows you inside and out. He knows all your, you know, high pitches. He knows all your unability. He knows them. And he called you. It says in Timothy, he's called you and saved you for a holy purpose. And we stand at these mirrors in our lives. And they reflect to us all the trash of what we can't do. Because you know who you're looking at? You. Self is so bad in today's world. It's so bad. we get so caught up in ourselves. What are people going to think about me? And how did I come off to them? And da, 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 all about me. And it is not about you. Because when you're looking at the mirror and we're letting self reflect back to us, what are you going to get? It ain't pretty. Y- you ain't that pretty. We just keep getting older. We do. We just keep getting older. It really stinks. Lord, help me have mercy. You know, like, (laughs) it's true. So it's not really about how you look. It's about who lives in you. It's about who's inside of you. And when you stand and you let these things, they, they become these idols of your experience. How about that one? Will you even let your experience go and say, "Well, I want a new experience? I know what's happened. I, and, and that's over. And the devil can't talk to me about it anymore, because it's over. This says when he says to look ahead, to press on, like strain your eyes to focus of who Jesus is, he's not saying to look back into your experience. The experience becomes an idol. And it just stands there, and it just blocks you from actually doing what Jesus says, follow me. And we start following Jesus, and we're like, oh yeah, my past, oh fear, oh, oh, I can't do that. Mm, mm. So, what about me? Oh man, Mm, mm. Botox, oh. You know, we get caught into this moment, and we get trapped by it, and we don't ever move beyond it. And God is asking you and wanting to break these things away from your life because honestly it says in jeremiah i don't think i can actually pull that off it says in jeremiah the word of the lord is like a it's like it's like a hammer and it doesn't want these things in your life it doesn't want them to hold you back i really hope i don't cut myself i might have oh it's all right. the word of the lord you might need to say it a couple times. Which, one, which promise are you going to hold on? I'm not alone. Which promise are you going to break through with your word? The promises of God. Which promise are you going to use to break through your fear? I'm, I am more than enough because of Christ Jesus. He's all that I need for life and godliness. I have all the gifts of the Holy Spirit because he's in me. That word right there needs to be coming through. That word right there. What's the promise? Do you have one? Do you have a promise? It says in 2nd Corinthians 120 for all the promises of God find their yes in him. It says in Second Peter 1, 3 and 4, it says his divine power has granted us to all, to all of us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us on his own excellence and glory by which he granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through him we may be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped from the corruption of this world because of our sinful desires. I do need a band-aid. I am bleeding. Thank you. I kind of figured. Sorry if that was gross. It says, I give thanks to God always for you because of the grace that's been given to you. He's given you a grace. Grace. In 1 Corinthians, it says that in every way, say every way, that you are enriched in him. In all speech, in all knowledge. And then it goes on, even as a, thank you, yeah, that would be great. And I don't have to look it all up. Thanks. I got it now. Thank you. You know, breaking glass, mirrors, whatever. actually really funny I like really love the body of Christ thank you thanks Jesus (laughs) when you get hurt preaching (laughs) it's fine just you know the Lord is so you just want to pray for healing I didn't know I didn't know it was a miracle Sunday thanks thank you God is so good. It says, thank you. I, I should be bring band-aids when I preach. Okay, so that you are not lacking in any gift. So if I ask you, what do you lack in? What would you say? Yet he says you don't lack in any gift. As you wait for the revealing of the Lord. So what is that present right now? It's right now. As you're waiting for the Lord to come, you lack nothing. In Jeremiah 29:11 it says, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord plans for good and not for evil to give you a hope and a future. When you're standing in front of this and it's blocking you from seeing him, blocking you from experiencing the fullness of the word of God, you actually have to destroy what stands in the way. Because, because what he's calling us to do is, is actually become a follower of Jesus. He wants us to follow him. Don't fall off the stairs. (laughs) He wants you to follow him. See, we want all the things, and he's only asking you every day to get up and to follow Jesus. See, when Jesus came back after he was resurrected to the boat, and the fishermen, they were doing their thing because they were what they used to know in John He comes to them and he talks to Peter, says, feed my sheep. But then he says, follow me. And Peter wanted to say, well, what about John? Because sometimes we do that too. We get all like, well, what about this person? And what about that person? And what about that? And he's like, you don't need to talk to me about John. I'm talking to you about you and you need to follow me. the most amazing thing that i've gathered in this is the fact that jesus is everything when you have him you don't have because he is everything you have everything you need for life and for godliness. And what did he say in John 10:10? For I am the way, the truth and the life. So everything you need for life is in Jesus. And we want to go all over the place and try to figure it all out and it's right here in the word. He is the word. He's everything. You don't lack because he is everything. It's not because he can just hand out and give you and do this. It's not that. No, he becomes the answer. So when you're sitting there and you're like, I don't have wisdom, he is wisdom. When you don't have your needs met, he is my source. He is everything. When he broke open the well and the water poured out, because he is the living water. We look for it in all these places, but it's actually him. And you need more of Jesus. He needs to be put on you every day. says to put on Christ. Let Christ richly dwell in you. Let him be everything you need. He has to be the fullness of all of you. And when he came, he left the promise of the Holy Spirit for us. God dwelling in us. The power to triumph. The power of victory. Everything. You can't walk out of here and ever consider I have lack if you have Jesus. To know for certain that the promises of God are fully yes and fully amen. And who? In Christ. We need to stamp our... Oh, amen. I got that promise. Oh, I found another one. I'm taking hold of that. Just start grabbing a hold of... What if you just took one instead of 7,000? You just said, I'm going to just take one. I'm taking hold of that one promise this week. And I'm banking in and I'm not going to let it go. And when I start feeling this way, when I start feeling alone and, I, and I'm and i just by myself and it's so hard and I just, uh, no, God is in me and I'm not alone. I said he'd never leave me and he'd never forsake me. That means he's right here. And he said he'd speak to me, so he's going to speak to me. And he said he'd comfort me, so he's going to comfort me. And he said he would show me great and mighty things if I Banking into those kinds of things of the Lord, with the Lord, because those things and those feelings and all the things in your life that happen and you don't know what to do, you can go straight to him and He has a response. He is the response. The last thing I want to say to you is the fact that what Jesus did before even yesterday have you considered that he could actually do more like more like even the miraculous crazy amazing did in the Bible have you considered that he could do even better have you asked him to outdo what he did before instead of saying hey would you do it again well actually I really want to see it a new way because you're out of new things and you can do it a new way they do it better now that he actually could do something more did you know that when the Bible and Moses he parted the sea when Jesus came on the earth he walked on it To saying did it better right it was better so what is he going to do with you? That's better. In your life that that you could say, "Oh, he's done all these things, but God, you could do something even more in me." Cuz he wants to. Would you stand? Thank you. Thank thank Jesus. There might be something in your life that has become an idol and you might not have considered it an idol before you might have said oh it's just my my own insecurities or my own fears or whatever all the things you could have considered it that but in reality if it's louder than the voice of God then you need to repent of that you need to tell God that you're saying yes to him God whatever you say about me I'm saying yes to Whatever you want to do in my life, free will, open, 100% willing, God. Even if it doesn't make any sense to me, God, even when I don't even know, I want to be like Abraham, I'll know for certain. God, speak to us about the things to come, not just the present or the past, but the things that you want to do in Warth County. God, we want you to start having conversations with us about our future and the things that we, we want to see you do in this nation and in the people and in our community and in our families, God. We want to believe your promise, that you would stir faith up in us. Let your faith well in us. We want to believe you, God. We choose to believe you. We choose to believe you. God, we just want more of you. Might you unveil yourself to us like you did to Abraham? I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. God, you are more than enough for us. And we thank you. Would you just tell them how thankful you are for all the promises? Would you just tell him how thankful you are that he gave you the gift of impossibilities? Like God, you gave us the ability to go beyond what's possible. And we thank you for that, God. We thank you that we're not limited. We let hope arise in us. We thank you, God, for hope and wonder being alive in this house of what could God do? If all the faith in the room welled up, what, God, could you do with us? Might you stir us up and activate us like never before, God. God, we just want more of you. And we thank you, God, for you are great and you are mighty. And you are awesome in wonder and power. And there is no one like our God. In the name of Jesus, amen. this morning the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you the Lord be gracious to you lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in Jesus mighty name let's have a picnic amen there will be people up here to pray if you need prayer and then we're going to have lunch